all the glory, all the praise, and all the worship we can muster up that is due to you. Thank you, Jesus. For we serve a living, true God. And there is none that can be compared to who you are, Father. And for that, we are extremely happy and rejoicing because we know in spite of whatever is going on or that we're facing, we don't do it alone. And we don't do it through our power, but it's by your spirit, Father. Thank you, Jesus. So we come to lift up the military to you, Father. Uh, keep a hedge of protection around our military, keep their minds safe and content, knowing that they can cast all their burdens over on you because you care for them. And um, we pray for uh, people who are traveling at this particular time. We pray special traveling mercies. Lord, we're not taking anything else for granted uh, because of how it's operated for so many years in the past. Um, we want to be in tune and aware and not be deceived by the devices of Satan. So we pray a hedge of protection around travelers. We pray that your spirit will enlighten them, open up their minds to be able to declare truths over the land that they put their feet on and not just go expecting to have a good time and fellowship with the people they love, but to be a vessel that you can work through tried and true. Thank you, Jesus. Um, we, we, we thank you, God, that you bring comfort and joy to those who had to uh, bury a loved one, uh, that you bring such comfort that they are amazed at how well they're operating, Father, because of your spirit and, and, and that we know life is in you and life is in the blood. Hallelujah, Jesus. So there's life that's going on to be in heaven as well as there is life here in you on earth. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. And also we pray for all those who are suffering with any kind of infirmity at this particular time. And we come against uh, the spirit of accidents. And I say a spirit because they're occurring in successions, and that is not of you or happenstance, Father. So we take a stand against that in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Thank you, Father. Now we invoke your spirit to be here, Father, because you need to guide us. You need to open us up to hear what you're saying from heaven and to give us the strength and the courage to walk it out here on earth, Father. So I thank you for continuing showing me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, it will be only those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. And praise amen. the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Send the angels out to bring in those who need to hear your word, Father. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, um, I, although I'm following up with a series, it's going to be kind of like a hodgepodge as well, but um, um, today's series is coming, part three, which is 2 Thessalonians 2, and we're going to finish those verses out 13 through 17, and part two of the great apostasy, the mystery of sin. Okay, and one of the sins and mysteries to me is the rejecting of the Holy Spirit. 
and reject, rejecting his work, his wisdom, his guidance, his fulfillment, his leading, his prompting, his truth, and not listening. And I hope that that wasn't happening just then. Not listening. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, um, Second Thessalonians 2, and I'm going to read those verses, and we're going to probably go over reading them several times out of different, different versions of the Bible. So it says, but we are bound to give thanks always, this is Paul, to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, and you know he's talking to the Thessalonians, because God had from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. Hmm. This is a wealth of information in, in, in these verses that I'm having a hard time. Whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast. Hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or ep epistle. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which have loved us, have given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Comfort your hearts, establish you in every good word and work. Amen? Amen. Now, we cannot grow and have spiritual understanding and truth without fellowship of other believers. Amen. And I, I, I pray that um, um, for you who all are present, that you will encourage the others who are not present or not present yet to listen to the podcast. I'm going to repeat that again. We cannot grow and have spiritual understanding and truth without the fellowship of other believers. This is why the Lord tells us, try the spirits with the spirit. Forsake not yourself the assembling with other saints. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That comes out of Galatians 6, 2, in case you're not familiar with it. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Jesus speaks this in Matthew 18, 20. When two or three are gathered together in his name. See, this is ruling out this long ranger Christianity. Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs eleven fourteen. You see, the Lord will confirm his word to you, but by three witnesses. And when you come up, with all of this stuff that the Lord is saying, and you have forsaken yourself, a real fellowship or you have left the church because you offended and you have not found a gospel preaching church now, now define the kind of church not just a building 
or denomination, okay? Then the Lord cannot confirm anything that he didn't speak. And everything you hear is not coming from him because he will confirm his word. Why? His word is the word. That's the only language he speaks, okay? And when you're out of fellowship with him, what you're getting is lying in wonders. You see, because we were once in fellowship, but now we have been offended or provoked, we leave the fellowship and now we're at home. But I hear from God, do you? Really? You haven't heard him tell you get back in fellowship? But he's confirming all of your offensive feelings that affects your flesh. See, offenses and divisions as well as lying are Satan's greatest weapons to destroy a believer. You think it's the church. No, 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 no. It's greater than that. Uh, and, and at some point I'm gonna talk a, uh, a little bit later. What we need to recognize, church is a family. And in family groupings, you get offended. You get your feelings hurt. People say things to you that, that you may not like, but do you go legally and divorce them? When I say divorce, I'm talking about family as a whole. I'm not talking about married couples only. I'm talking about do you say, well, I don't belong to this family anymore, and I'm going to make it legal, and I'm leaving. What makes you think is going to be different in a congregational church atmosphere that is made up of the same humans Amen. that have faults and that may say some things, but you're not here for that purpose. Amen. You are here to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what is the gospel? The gospel is about your salvation and how you can have overcoming power in Christ. If you can have overcoming power in Christ dealing with church activities, why don't you use it with church relationships? Okay, back to verse 13. We are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren. In other words, we pray for you constantly, keeping you lifted up because you need to be lifted up and every believer needs to be lifted up. It does not matter what the title is or anything else. Every believer needs to be lifted up. Amen. Beloved of the Lord, because God had from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. So what does that mean? Salvation can only by can 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 come only by the works of the Holy Spirit and through means of belief. Salvation comes only by the works of the Holy Spirit and belief. That means that the Holy Spirit is working in the hearts of individuals to say, now is the time. 
your faith of believing comes because somebody comes with the word of the gospel to tell you about it that that enlightens you so what the spirit is doing in you will cause you to receive what you need to receive and in his timing you will accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior so it's not predicated on a man but it is necessary for those of us who say we know him to speak it out so others can receive him. You don't know when the Holy Spirit is working in the hearts and souls of folks and, and, and they can't go because nobody said anything. Because you are protecting and covering and, 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 and want to stay in their good graces and stuff and you're missing the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to have his perfect work. So, the other good news is, those of us who are saved, it is not to your merit at all. It's because God before time, hallelujah Jesus, chose us. That's, that's why we should be more thankful and grateful about our salvation. Because you were chosen. It isn't because one day you thought to say the prayer of salvation. It was because before time, God chose us. Well, if he chose us before time, he had a plan for us. That plan was to be a mouthpiece for him. To be his hands and his feet here on earth. It is not for you to belong to some little private special club, hallelujah club, where you just come into a building and you just have a Holy Ghost good time. And so because he chose us for such a time as this, then he has some he has called for special things to do during this time. I'm going to read the commentaries out of two different Bibles. Out of uh, David Jeremiah's, um, what it says about this, it says, verses 13 and 14, these verses mark the division between doctrine and encouragement in Paul's epistle to help the Thessalonians gain a long-term perspective on their suffering. Okay. Paul assures them of God's eternal plan. Isn't that good news? See, the, the God that chose us has an eternal plan, not a temporary plan here on earth. Okay? That he loved them, chose them, saved them, sanctified them, called them, and has invited them to share in Christ's glory. How do we share in Christ's glory? Well, first of all, because you have received the truth, and you just haven't heard it and let it enter in, but you are now walking in the truth, so you are a walking epistle. And when we walk as a walking epistle, what you are are doing is following the truth, and the truth is being laid out before man to see God is glorified by your behavior. Do you understand? This ain't no private club and a private relationship that you think you got it made because you in the right group. 
That's why people are going to churches that are, they are not growing and messed up, but they're popular. And that's why where you're going to hear the real truth that people don't want to show up. Why? Because there comes conviction and responsibility that comes with hearing the truth. And people who aren't ready to follow that and uplift that don't want to stay. Amen. Also, he says, God chose his people before the foundation of the works. Mm. They could not possibly choose him unless he had chosen them. So don't think that one day, oh, I decided to accept Jesus. Oh, I, I, I you didn't do squat. Amen. But by grace and faith, open your mouth at the right time. Amen. But if it hadn't been for the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't be saved. Amen? Let me read to you out of my Jewish Bible. It says, this is what the Jewish commentary says, but we have to keep thanking God for you always, brethren, whom the Lord loved, because God chose you as first fruits for deliverance. Hallelujah, Jesus. Okay, okay, let me read this again, because y'all ain't catching on. Oh, glory, glory, glory. God chose you as first fruits for deliverance. Jesus is the first fruit of the Son of God. That means he's the first fruit of mankind who have accepted our Father as our Lord and Savior. Okay? But then he did a work on the cross that enable us to be able to overcome, endure, do whatever is necessary to do to let God be glorified in us. So we are the first fruit of deliverance. You can't get delivered without the power of the Holy Ghost, and that's because you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you have accepted the work of the cross to set you free from the hell, the power, of this earth. Yes, yes, yes. If you are the first fruit of deliverance, then somebody they think you then you are able to pass that on to others. Don't stand by talking about, well, when it's God's time, it is his time. He wants you to rise up, take a stand, speak out, touch, deliver those who are bound. Stop going around talking about they did, he did, she, uh. Use the authority in the name of Jesus, the power that was given to you by the blood of the cross and talk to folks. When you've done all that you have done and they still don't hear, it's not, their blood is not on your hands. But even after you've done and said all you could, now what you do is keep them lifted up in prayer for somebody to come and water what you have planted so that God can bring the increase. Amen. So he says we are the first fruit of, for deliverance by giving you the holiness that, it, that has its origin in the spirit and the faithfulness that has been in has, that has its origin in the truth. Okay, let me read that again. By giving you the holiness that has its origins 
in the spirit. You see why it's important that you be filled with the spirit of God? <laughs> and the faithfulness that has its origin in the truth. That's the gospel, okay? He called you to this through our good news, good news gospel, so that you could have the glory of our Lord, Yeshua, the Messiah. What does that mean? Glory to God. The spirit of the Lord is here. Remember, Jesus says, I'm going, but I'm going to leave my spirit here. Okay. He's here to lead God. Y'all know all the stuff he's supposed to do. Okay. All right. Now, glory, 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 glory to God. But it's through the knowledge of the gospel. What is the gospel? See, that's the problem. We don't know what the gospel is. We just think it is a, it's some, the epistles out of the book. But if you have been reading those, you would understand what the gospel is. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. The gospel is the good news. So what is the good news? Good news is something that's coming to me to tell me that I can be free. I can be whole. I can overcome. Whatever my needs are, they're already met. So the good news gospel is Jesus died, <laughs> suffered, <laughs> shed his blood on the cross. The shedding of the blood on the cross was the last It was the last thing that was done before he said, "Father, it is finished." Because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, we are here today, and not just here, but belong to a higher kingdom, and, and on top of that, have divine favor and grace that you're not part of the stats that they're talking about on the news. That all of your needs are being met daily. And you can't even explain it. That he's giving you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. A sound mind is I don't receive everything that I hear. That comes from a system that is not set up by the kingdom of heaven. Because everything that's operating on the earth is not ordained by God. Oh, hallelujah. Y'all got to be patient with me because I have not even gotten into all that I want to get into. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, now in, 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 in verse 15, because that took care of 13 and 14. Verse 15, therefore, brethren, stand fast. Hold the traditions which you have been taught whether by word or epistle. Now here, tradition refers to the total apostolic doctrine as it was given and not to human institutions such as worship styles, <laughs> musical preferences. Mm. Because they will change with the times. Okay, now, hear me, 
Because, see, we get caught up with the stuff that ain't saving you, can't deliver you, can't free you. It makes you feel good, and it makes you feel important because you're in the church of what's happening. What's, what is happening? You have not changed. And when and it's amazing how people can, I've, I've been watching the pattern, how people can come and start growing and changing in the Lord and then all of a sudden get offended and leave. And they're deceived because they don't even realize what, what's going on. Amen. Amen. Okay. So Paul isn't talking about traditions of men. He's talking about the tradition of faith. Because remember, you hear me say all the time, consistency breaks the back of Satan. And so when we traditionally follow the gospel, not church organization, (laughs) not church music, not church leaders, but when we follow the tradition of the gospel, it empowers us. It strengthens us. And it keeps us encouraged. Hallelujah, Jesus. Okay, I got I got I gotta read this out of out of out of, out of my uh, Jewish Bible. 15, verse 15. Therefore, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions you were taught by us, whether we spoke them or wrote them in a letter. And may our Lord, Yeshua, the Messiah himself, and God our Father, who has loved us and by his grace given us eternal comfort and hope. Eternal comfort and hope. That eternal comfort and hope was given to us on the cross. We hold on to it by believing and receiving the gospel that we read and walking it out. Okay? Comfort your hearts. Comfort your hearts and strengthen you in every good word and deed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Paul is trying to get them to understand what you have been graciously, freely given, chosen, and called is not going to be retracted, but it cannot expand and elevate if you don't practice it. And when you practice it, when you practice it, it is going to give you eternal comfort. It, your comfort won't end on this side. It keeps on going. Hallelujah to the other side. And it will give you good hope. Not foolish hope. Not permissive hope. But good hope. Amen. That's going to comfort your heart. And it's going to strengthen you in every good word and deed. Let me tell you, there is nothing like the word of God and the presence of his spirit that brings you comfort in the middle of stuff. But guess what? You're going to have to learn to hold on to his truths so when these things come up, you can speak the gospel to get that comfort and to get that strength. You can get mad at every believing believer in this world and separate yourself all you want. It's not going to do you one bit of good. Actually, it's going to destroy you. It's a harm. 
is not going to help you. But when you hold on to God's truth, you see, you can't hold on to God's truth and operate in offense. Don't talk to me about you hearing from the Holy Spirit when your heart is, is offended and is growing into bitterness. I don't care how many times you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have blocked the power of the Holy Ghost from showing you his truth when you walk in offense. And you will not, you will not get a breakthrough. 16 and 17, which is really a prayer of Paul. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which have loved us, have given us everlasting, everlasting consolation. Not temporary, occasional, everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word or works. That's what the Holy Spirit does. It will comfort your heart and establish you in every good word and work. What is a good word? The Bible. <laughs> this is Paul's climax with prayer for the Thessalonians to be strengthened with an eternal perspective on the persecution they were facing. He was strengthening them because they were being persecuted for the word's sake. Now, let's just talk about their persecutions with our persecutions. See, they were having some real persecutions, okay? Because they were being persecuted for believing in the Messiah. We live in the United States of America where there's freedom of religion, freedom for democracy, freedom for capitalism. Oh, it's on the road of something else, but right now, okay, and we've been living like this for centuries, okay. Now, the persecutions that we face, if you want to call them persecutions, is all of these little idiosyncrasies we personally have and come against each other in the flesh. Ah, <laughs> oh, that causes, I'm offended and I feel. See, that's the issue. Stop feeling and start knowing. Okay? Because of all of this, you feel persecuted. Well, who's doing the persecution? Yes to your mind. You are not experiencing persecution. But let's just think about something. If Paul encouraged the Thessalonians against what they were dealing with, which was true persecution, where they were put in jail, killed, and everything else because they believed, and he gave them a gospel message to give them a way out, what's our problem? What's our problem? Amen. When we got the book Amen. and we have the spirit, but you know why you wallow in it? Because you've chosen to do so. When you allow the spirit to awaken your soul, you will come out, ask God to forgive you and anybody else is necessary 
so that you can walk in the way of Christ. That is a choice. And stop talking about the spirit is revealing dumb stuff to you. Because, you know, the spirit showed me that you, that you did and you had. Stop lying on the Holy Spirit. Because guess what? You keep on doing that. Keep on doing that. And when Jesus comes back to rapture us up, you'll find out whether you knew the truth or not. Because you made the confession of Jesus Christ being your Lord and Savior, don't think that you're going to be raptured up living a lie and living in a place of continuous offense. That's why I'm saying everybody needs to hear the truth. Okay, for those who are not present, they, they need to hear the truth so they can come up out of their ways and their stuff and be saved. Okay, this is what Paul wanted them to not just to know the truth, but practice the truth. Knowing something, but not practicing it, to me is just the same as not knowing. So he wanted them to practice the truth for their encouragement, comfort, and to be established as well as ethical and every good word and work. Ethical. Okay? When you follow the word, when you seek to know God's word, you will be ethical. Okay? Knowing the word and practicing the word strengthens the Christian spirit and walk. Knowing and practicing the word will strengthen your spirit and your work. Let me tell you, it's, it's wonderful to have intercessors. And, 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 and we're thrilled that you at least reach out to intercessors when you, when you have a need. But let me tell you what you need to learn to do. <laughs> you need to know the word, practice the word, so it can strengthen you as a believer. We as intercessors should be able to spend more time praying about world government issues and unbelievers than all of these little needs that believers have who don't realize they have been accomplished already in Jesus Christ. But the more we study and practice it, the more it becomes a part of us. And then when it becomes a part of us, the more that's our way our conversation is. You know, well, quite some time ago, I stopped apologizing because I've learned a new language. <laughs> and it is in foreign. <laughs> and that language is everything we have a discussion. And now people get up. Carnal people and unbelievers get upset that all through your conversation, you come up with precepts from the word. But a real believer, it's like, whoa, okay, listening, okay, all right, mm-hmm, okay. They're in agreement or they're receiving revelation that's going to help them. That's what God wants out of us. 
because we are in a foreign country here on earth. So my language is not supposed to line up with the language of this world. My habits are not supposed to be aligned with the habits of this world. I'm supposed to be standing out, sounding out. I get sick and tired of hearing Christians who don't want to be to stand out that feel a need to use profanity and drink in order to fit in. Fit into what? When he says, you're on a higher kingdom. I've called you from the world, although you are in the world, so that you will be a light to glorify me in the world. You can't glorify God using all kinds of profanity and drinking booze. And talk about it's okay, you know, you know, Jesus turned water into wine. Nobody has a clue who says that, why he did that. He changed water into wine, which was his first miracle to let you know the Holy Spirit is coming. And I'm going to be able to put the Holy Spirit in you that will encourage you, enable you to do what you cannot do and make you feel good. It had nothing to do with drinking. That was his, why would God take the first miracle that he's gonna show to the world through Jesus Christ, be something about some natural means? Come on, think, it's just common sense. Think, he is not interested in you satisfying your flesh, never. He's interested in your spirit being fed and your soul being delivered. Amen. Knowing the word and practicing the word strengthens the Christian spirit and walk. However, the word must be truly discerned from study and dividing it properly. The word will confirm itself. Amen. Now, I'm, I'm going to read today's devotional, and we're going to talk a little bit about this. And that's how I'm going to climax things. Not only today's devotional, because it's a two-part thing. So I have to start out with reading yesterday's out of this. You all should be reading the, these things on a regular basis, okay? But because when I, I'm like, oh, God, I can just do the message off of this. <laughs> oh, but glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Okay. And, it's, and the scripture they're using out of the NIV, 2 Corinthians 3, 5 through 6, our competence comes from God. He has made us competent. Amen. All right, I'm going to finish reading this so you can know that your competence don't come from the world. Amen. Nor does it come from your educational, Amen. intellectual degrees. Amen. You can be an educated fool. Amen. Okay, overcoming your insecurities, part one. Insecurity can sideline you. When you feel like you're unqualified and unworthy of success, self-doubt can make you act in ways that sabotage your chances to be successful. The truth is, it's impossible to live for long on a, on a level that's inconsistent with how you see yourself. Now, they said it in a nice way. How I put that is somebody um, um, trying to make people to believe they are who they're not. <laughs> okay. And one of the biggest problems with insecurity is that it is almost impossible to acknowledge. So you don't deal with it and overcome it. Why is that? 
because you're afraid that an admission of vulnerability will, one, weaken you in other people's eyes, two, empower and embolden your, your critics, and three, give your competitors an advantage. Insecurity makes you keep others at a distance. It means living without the counsel and the support of the very people whose input can help you to succeed. Bottom line, you have a hard time trusting other people because you have a hard time trusting yourself. It's not a new phenomena recorded in the Old Testament. Zophar said to Job, in his self-sufficiency, he will be in distress. This is in Job 2022. Note the word distress. Then think of the word stress. Your insecurity will whisper, if people really knew me, they wouldn't love me, respect me, follow me, invite me, or invest in me. So what's the answer? Paul has it. He writes, now that we are competent to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent. The first step to overcoming insecurity is to draw your self-worth from God. Learn to see yourself through his eyes, and you can only do that by spending time with him in prayer and reading his word each day. Now, the notes that I wrote from the revelation of this, and let me turn to where I'm going to go afterwards in this, <laughs> was the reason... I refuse to talk and watch certain things on TV because they have more power over us than we are willing to admit. Our reasoning is, is it isn't real. As we steadily watch and digest the filth and profanity, we say that because it is a performance. However, the performance comes from real people who wrote the scripts and the thoughts and ideas came from real minds who have experienced something that caused them to think those thoughts and that has afflicted their, affected, I'm sorry, and inflicted their imagination. Think about it. In order for you to write, you got to first think. You got to have a vision. And if that's where your thought pattern goes, that says a lot about who you are. So yeah, it is not fantasy. It is real because it's coming from real people out of their insides, okay? There is power in thought. So when you're sitting up there watching that stuff, you think it was just put together to entertain you? Well, yeah, it was, but where did it originate from? Amen. Did it originate out of a box? It came from a human thought that now is controlling your human thought. Not only is it controlling your human thought now because you digested consistently, it has become your human actions. Watch how you react. 
Okay, just let's just do a survey, and then next week you come back and you tell me how it worked out. Okay, okay, for a day or two, consistently watch junk, filth. Okay, sexual stuff. Then pay attention as to how do you react and respond to controversy or somebody that says something to you that didn't say it to start an issue, okay? Now, shut it down for a few days and just listen to godly stuff, high moral stuff, and then watch how you respond to the people that come to you with something that's controversy or controversial or maybe challenging something that you have been out of order with. I'm serious. I want to report next week, maybe even Saturday, okay? <laughs> there is power in thought. If not, Paul wouldn't have written, cast down imagination and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Okay? All right, now, I'm gonna go, go and read the next day, and then I'm gonna go back through that scripture, break some stuff down. Okay, now today, God can pour on the blessings so that you're ready for anything and everything. Overcoming your insecurities, if you sense if your sense of well-being comes from any source other than God, including yourself, chances are you will always struggle with insecurity. That's why Paul wrote, God can pour on the blessings in astonishing ways. So you're ready for anything and everything more than ready to do what needs to be done. Another translation put it in this way, which is King James. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As long as you're trusting in yourself or others, you will struggle with uncertainty and self-doubt. But once you start trusting in God, what he can do in you, with you, through you, and for you, you'll begin to feel differently about yourself. Insecurity destroys your self-esteem by making you feel unqualified and undeserving. And, there is, and here is the worst part. Often it means you can't be taught, can't accept honest criticism, and therefore you can't grow. The thing you need most, good input, becomes the last thing you're willing to accept because you're afraid to let anyone know you're less than perfect. Consequently, you'll find it hard to confront challenges and seize the opportunity that come your way. Deep down, you feel incompetent, unaccepted, disapproved of, and rejected. In short, insecurity is an inside job. Amen. With that in mind, take an honest look at your life right now. Go ahead, it's safe, no one else is looking. The only person who will benefit from this is you. Then turn to God and say, Lord, everything I need to succeed in life, I have 
in you. Okay, it says, for though we walk in the flesh, that means the word walk in here means live. We're living in flesh. We do not war after the flesh or according to how flesh dictates to you to war. We don't war according to how the flesh dictates. And the flesh is going to dictate more. The more the flesh dictates, the more it determines how insecure you are. God, glory, glory, glory. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That means they're not fleshy and natural. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Okay, you're not fighting the battle in your flesh. You're fighting it in your spirit. And when you fight it in your spirit, the first person you get under control is you. By casting down imagination, that means arguments, worldview arguments. And every high thing that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God. Anything that wants to make God's morals immoral and their immorality moral. Y'all hear where I'm coming from? That's why you don't look at people for stupid, outward, dumb stuff to determine whether or not they qualify. You look and hear what's coming from within because what's within is the determining factor of how they're going to function and how they're going to operate and how they're going to rule and reign. Casting down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Against the knowledge of God. What do that mean? Huh. Okay, let me, let me, let me just tell you. Immorality versus morality. Fantasy versus truth. Feelings versus truth. Obedience to Christ. One, fulfilling the gospel truth. Okay. And bringing into, cap- into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. To the obedience of Christ. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. That means when you are walking the talk. Now you're ready to avenge other people's disobedience. Okay? Do you look on things after the outward appearance? Yes. If we're going to be truthful, that's the problem. We're looking on the outward appearance. That's why so many people also operate in in insecurities because they're looking at their outward appearance opposed to what God has put into their hearts. When you start looking from the inside out, you'll look better outside. If any man trusts to himself that he is Christ, let him of himself think this again, that as he is Christ, even so are we Christ. What do you mean Christ? That you belong to him. Not that you are him, but that you belong to him. And as a follower, which means a disciple of Christ, then you should start looking like him. Looking like him, acting like him, thinking like him. Okay? For though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, which the Lord have given us for edification, and not for your destruction. In other words, we're coming with some, some, some truth. Hallelujah. We're coming with some truth. And if you, 
receive it and bear it, the change will come. Instead of looking at it like it's an attack. Well, yeah, 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 it is attack. It's an attack on that hell that's operating inside of you. It's an attack on a, 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 on, on a soul that is struggling because it is under control of the spirit of darkness. That's what's being attacked. But you personally are not being attacked. For though I should boast somewhat more of, of, of our authority, which the Lord has given us for edification and not for your destruction, I should, should not be ashamed. I am not ashamed. And if we get down to two or three of us, as long as we can keep the building open, paying the bills, so be it. Amen. Any so-called truth spoken must line up with God's word. Sounding good is charisma, is not anointing. Divine revelation will line up with truth and precept, not for a moment or a convenience or a comfort. Because in order for us to change, we have to be convicted. If you're never convicted, how are you gonna grow? Jesus' truth brings conviction. Satan's lies brings condemnation. Condemnation destroys you because it, it wants to have you so downtrodden that you're not willing to try to rise up. Amen. Conviction reveals truth that gives you something to rise up to. Revelation cannot be reasoned out to an explanation. Because it's by faith. Same as prophecy. A word given by the Lord to someone else, the one who brought the word, cannot go beyond what they were told. The receiver must go to the Lord with their questions. And God will explain and give affirmation to the word. Truth doesn't cause offense. Satan does to stop your growth and to abort purpose. Revelation comes, and when you receive the revelation of the Lord, it ain't up to you to try to explain it to make it work. It's up to you to receive it and speak it out. The spirit will do the other part of the work. And I get tired of people getting a prophetic word and then want the person, the, the carrier, to try to give you an understanding about the word that God is sending to you. It is not my business. All I was supposed to do is deliver the message. It's up to you and God for you to get an understanding, and he wants you to come to him so he can go deeper into it because it's always far deeper than what you hear. Amen. And if you don't go deeper into it, you're not going to get blessed. You're not going to get what you need. You're not going to get delivered. You're not going to get free because every struggle that we have in our flesh is not one little thing. Be glad when they return our thing. It's multitudes of entanglement. So it's going to take time, yes, yes. but it's going to take your faithfulness and your trust in the Lord to not to fret or worry like, oh, it's not happening. Oh, yes, it is. And if you just trust God, wait on him, you'll wake up one day and realize you're free. And oh, when did this happen? You will be totally different and convinced that God is a deliverer. 
and he's a man of his word. He don't change his mind. Whatever he gives us is without repentance. Thank you, Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Okay, I'll go do the benediction. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, we just bless your name and thank you that you are the author of truth. And you brought your truth to set us free from the lies of Satan and darkness and hell and bring us into a heavenly standing with you. I cease not to give thanks for you all, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you all the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of him that's called salvation. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, salvation. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places above all principalities, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which to come. May the God of peace be with you, traveling mercies as you leave this place to go to your next destination. And when you go, tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord.